We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in two seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got He used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. Alright folks, what's good? We are back with uh, another special episode of ANOC Podcast. Is this two straight episodes with an national champion on B-Turn? Yeah, I think so. Wow, look at us making moves in the middle of just the worst times for podcast history. But we've got starting point guard for the 2008 national championship. And I would say maybe the most underappreciated Jayhawk of all time in some ways, some would say. So we'll get your take on that. But we got Russell Robinson. Russ Rob, how's it going? I'm going. I'm doing good, man. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's staying safe, wearing their mask. But yeah, I'm doing good. Yes, yeah. yes. Please be wearing that mask. So, aren't you? Uh, you want to give everyone kind of like an update on your life right now? Well, uh, I've been doing this overseas thing for a while. Yep. Been about twelve years, uh, counting. So, I've been enjoying that. Um, and uh, it's, it's going good. I just went to the finals the last two seasons. Uh, you know, when is one of those things I've kind of been doing, you know, before Kansas, at Kansas, and now obviously after Kansas. So I'm enjoying that. And uh, now it's, you know, I'm getting to that point where I don't dribble the ball enough and it's not dribbling as high as I wanted to. So kind of trying to figure out what decisions I'm going to make from here. So kind of yeah. to that point, yeah. 
You won finals MVP a few years back, right? Yeah, that was two years ago, 2018. Yep. Macedonia. Macedonia, yeah. So that was, oh, yeah. Good. that was a good one. Yeah. I had to actually play with uh, Marcus Ginyard. Uh, he played at North Carolina. So he won a championship at North Carolina. So he was on the same team. So that was kind of a cool experience to play with him. Yeah, two winners. Yep. All right, so I guess let's just – i we're always curious when we interview former players because we obviously love Bill Self. Uh, we find him he's curious, but he's also like a bit of an ass. And so we're always curious, like, do you have any, like, stories about Bill Self recruiting you or was he was he the reason you came to Kansas or was it some other coach or just kind of, like, go through getting recruited by KU and kind of why you ended up coming here? Well, uh, you know, Coach Self is um... – Probably a great recruiter. If you ever get into politics, I'll definitely vote for him, man, because he, he know how to work a room, and he's great at that. But in high school, I did my recruiting. Um, like, it was – my recruiting room was so crazy. It was kind of hectic. So, I had everybody trying to get me. So, I just did all my home visits in one day. So, I had uh, – you know, so I had all, the, had all the top coaches at my little high school and I had them all there one day, and we didn't tell none of them. We just told them the date. This is what time we're doing it. And when they showed up, they all was there. So it was Coach Self, you know, Roberts. Kentucky had Tubby Smith and his assistant. Jim Calhoun had his assistant. Um, Mike Jarvis from St. John's had his assistant. And then Paul Hewitt, you know, it was him and his assistant. And they all got to the gym, and they're looking like, what is this? Is this some type of setup? Like, you know? And we was like – I, I thought behind it was like, yo, we want to see, you know, how they, you know, everybody got their scripted, what they're going to tell you, how they're going to see. We're going to hit them with something unexpected, and we're going to see who's who's who, you know. And, uh, you know, Coach Self was one of the first ones to speak up and say, hey, man, I got a flight at so-and-so, but, hey, I miss it. I'm not even wrestling. So whatever y'all figure out, we're here, and, you know, we'll, we'll work, work it out. A lot of the other coaches, I'm not going to name their names, but some of them was upset. Some felt disrespected. Some felt you know, like, it shouldn't be having to compete with these big schools. And uh, Coach Self was like, hey, man, we here for you, and whatever y'all decide to do, this is what we're going to do. So out of that, out of those meetings, you know, he was the most honest. He, and he he just, uh, you know, with them going all back-to-back, so they went, had an hour each. Wow. And uh, that impression that he left, I think he went maybe third, third or fourth. And that impression that he left was just like, oh, that was the best one. And being from New York, like, them gut instincts and those things is how we survive, you know. Mm-hmm. Tough, you know, making decisions like that. And from that gut feeling, he 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 won that one. So it just was like the, every 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 time talking to him, every time they was real transparent um, with it. And so it, it made it a lot easier for me to, like, decide, okay, this is kind of the man that I want to follow. This is somebody I can trust. Not even just as a coach, as a person, you know, this is somebody that I, you know, want to model. Because at 18, I was young, and I really, you know, I couldn't even hold a conversation with somebody that wasn't from New York, you know. So I had a lot of developing to do. And I wanted to, you know, get that culture and be, you know, since I'm going to be playing basketball, I'm going to be with you, this person. I have a major influence on my life. I want this person to be able to, you know, help, you know, help me grow as a man, too. So that was kind of big, big on my decision. So yeah, he, he won that. So that recruiting was kind of crazy. Did you even – you didn't even visit KU? I did visit KU. So, KU was like my third visit. I went to uh, UConn first and then Georgia Tech and then KU. 
So okay. growing up in New York, like what does a New York kid picture Kansas to be? Like I feel like when we talk to East Coast people, they're always making fun of New York or making fun of Kansas. Like you guys ride tractors to school and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So to put it to, you know, after being in Kansas, what I thought Kansas was like would probably be more like a K-State, like in the middle, like in the middle of nowhere, like what in the world is this? Like that's what I thought Kansas University of Kansas is going to be like as well, but little did I know it's nothing like that, you know. And big part of my decision too was like, hey, I think I'll be in Kansas, ain't nothing going on, ain't nothing to do but play basketball. We all going to focus. And around that time, I think we had like maybe the, one of the top five party schools in the, in the country. So little did I know they know how to turn up. So, but I, so, I thought it was going to be cornfields and stuff. I didn't know. <laughs> sure. Um, so, like, your first taste of the fans really was obviously probably late night your freshman year. Um, what was that kind of like for you? Uh, definitely, I would say the first taste was when I pulled up to Dunkin' Donuts or anywhere, like, served food. Like, you know, everybody already knew who I was. And uh, I think at that time, we was able to eat kind of some meals for free. Some places you can eat for free. Um, so that was like my first introduction. Like, oh, how you know me? And thanks for the mail. You know, it was like, so then that late night was obviously, that was the first time I got introduced to that field house, that atmosphere. And they kind of embarrassed us because we had to do a little dance and do all of that stuff. But <laughs> after the embarrassment was over, it was able, able to, you know, you know, play and get that little quick, you know, vibe that, you know, that the Allen Fieldhouse had. That was kind of crazy. And that was one of my best memories. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So uh, I feel like when I, I was before this interview, I was kind of like thinking about your freshman year. And I feel like a lot of times with Coach Self, you know, early on there can be struggles because he's obviously a pretty tough dude to play for. And I mean, would you say your freshman year, I guess, weren't there always like rumors that you kind of considered leaving or uh, weren't happy with playing time and all that stuff? Is that is that kind of how that went? Well, you know, uh I'm 18, you know, so I'm from New York, and I felt like I, you know, I, I worked hard. I was one of the, you know, top 25 players in my class, so I deserved to be at Kansas, you know. So, you know, I felt like I felt like that. I carried myself like that, you know, and it was with respect. But you know, coaches, he worked his whole career to get to get a job like at Kansas. And I think that was his second year, so he, he still didn't. So you were recruiting class, right? First recruiting class, so. Yeah. He still didn't carve out that, hey, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. So it was, you know, he had some seniors that he can trust that have been through the grind and know what it, know what it takes to win in Final Four. And then here you got this, you know, 18-year-old freshman from New York that thinks he's everything, you know. And, you know, he and he's still trying to make – he's trying to, you know, at that time, he's trying to make sure that, you know, we're doing exactly what he wants us to do, you know, because at the end of the day, he's responsible for whether we win or lose, you know, so – you want to have, you know, that control and it just didn't trust me yet. You know, just, I'm going to trust this 18-year-old my, my life. I've been working this hard to get to this to this point, you know. <laughs> like, I know I got these seniors that have been here. I'm going to go with these guys. And, and that's what it was. It just, you know, wasn't a, a complete trust there yet. Um, but, you know, I, I slowly earned it and I played my role. And we sat down after the season and we talked about uh, me transferring. You know, I looked them in the eye and I really wanted to – I went, you know, it was like kind of man to man when it was a coach to player. And I kind of looked for any hint of, hey, we don't want you here. I didn't get that. So once I'd seen that, okay, I want you here and, you know, we want you here. But, you know, it was, 
they want me here. This is where I want to be at. You know, I'm not going to quit. So if I was to transfer, that would have been just me me quitting. So so I figured, you know, I'm not, I'm not no quitter. I don't want to be known as no quitter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not who I am. And this is where I want to be. And not a rough year. You know, it was just the team had a rough year. You know, it was just what it was. Yeah. But, you know, the future is, you know, it was whatever we can make of it from here, you know. So that's how I looked at it. Yeah. Uh, so you talked about all the seniors with Wayne, uh, Keith, and Aaron Miles, and then you go from all the seniors to a bunch of freshmen coming in. Was that team kind of frustrating, or was it kind of just like a learning lesson? I mean, uh, as far as like, you know, because I go into Kansas, I'm looking at the draft boards too, you know. I'm like, yo, I projected I'll be here two years and I'm out, you know. When it's national champion freshman year, you know, be solid my second year, and then I'm out. You know, I go to the draft. Like, you know, that's kind of what every top prospect is is thinking, honestly. But uh, it's, but you can't do that without without the I guess the politics of it or the publicity. So it went from uh, all about being all about the seniors to having one of the craziest freshman classes. So the the storyline just skipped over us, you know, <laughs> and that was kind of hard, but. That class was just – it was just great. And in the way it came together, it was like, okay, this is meant to be. Because I couldn't imagine playing – that team having J.R. Giddens and not be rushed. Because if we had J.R. Giddens, that would have been a whole different yeah. story, you know. So the fact that we was able to get uh, B-Rush and the way we got him, it was like, oh, this is, this is something bigger brewing here, you know. And the way it all came together – like, all right, yeah, this is this is something special coming, and we just had to wait for it to come. Yeah, so, yeah, you lost, like, two games to Maui that year, right? And then you lose, like, a home game to Nevada, which it just felt – it was just like KU fans had never seen that type of start in, like, a long time. But as, like – I feel like you were kind of like a leader of that team at that point. You were all, all of a sudden – Yeah, so – yeah, my sophomore year, I had, I had a little bit of experience, and, you know – and, you know, it's the big stage at Kansas, and you know, I, I you know, I had had that. I already had my bad year under my belt, so I already knew it wasn't getting no worse than that. So, you know, I kind of was a lead on that team, and um, you know, that, that team had some growing pain, but uh, we had the talent, and we knew we had the talent. So that was just it's a matter of all putting it together, and uh, it came together right at the right time. Uh, we won the Big Twelve tournament and stuff, but just that experience. Didn't leave much to the to the tournament, but uh, we got it back later. So that makes sense. Yeah, uh, the Texas game with Julian. What uh, what kind of sticks out from that game besides obviously those dunks? And I think we had lo- you guys had lost to uh, Texas and Austin earlier that year, right? Yes, I never I never won in Austin, and I never won in Lubbock. So those are two places I never won. Okay, you career. Wow, well, okay, um, that's surprising to me, but I guess yeah, I never won there. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, uh, just that, that Texas team was, you know, it was stacked. You know, they had four NBA, you know, four draft picks. And, uh, you know, it was pretty good. Um, but we came together at the right time. And, you know, Julian was a great, great player, um, passer, person. And, uh, you know, we got that one. And that was a big one. That was a big win for us because I think they might have handled us pretty well at their place. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think okay. – uh, they had Marcus Aldridge, Daniel Gibson. Yep. Did they have P.J. Tucker? Yeah, P.J. Tucker, yeah. Yeah. They, they had some good-ass teams when you were there. I want to say A.J. Abrams was a freshman that year, so 
They were, they were damn good every year you were there because they had KD and then that Big 12 championship in 08 was crazy too. That team was stacked also. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely did their job. They had, a, they had a good team. And I always tell anybody, oh, who's like one of the type of people you got? Like, I used to say, I say DJ Augustine, like, it's because he got the ball in his hands about 90% of the game, you know? <laughs> like, how do you stop that? You know, like, he has the ball in his hands, like, the whole game. So he's one of the hardest players to guard. He's still playing in the league. He's still playing. He's a good player. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You, obviously, you talked about that. That 06 team turned it around, ended up beating Texas, had the tough loss to Bradley. But um, I feel like the whole – everyone knew that the 07 team was like – I feel like everyone was excited about 06 getting better, but everyone was looking forward to how good that was going to be. And the first thing I always think about is that 07 team is the Florida game. I think it's one of the most entertaining to watch as a KU Does that rank up there as one of your favorites as a as a player? As a player, yeah, just to have that the interaction with the fans, to be in Vegas, that whole you know, that whole trip, that was that was that was cool. You know, it was uh. The Florida team was stacked and it was good, you know. And they had they had some good pieces, a lot of NBA players on that team, and uh, we matched up well with them, you know. And uh, the way we played that game, the way Shady stepped up as a, I think he was a freshman year, he stepped up, you know. Shawn, everybody stepped up, and that was a big win. Yeah. And then you know the, to win that game and then have the you know the fans, everybody's a little. I guess they could, I think they serve alcohol at that game, so. I think all the fans might have been – they rushed the court, you know, in that Kansas. We don't get to experience that rushing yeah. the court, you know, because every win for us is kind of like, yo, this is what we work for. So we don't really get fans to rush the, rush the court. Yeah. And that might have been the only game that I played at Kansas that with the fans after we won, they rushed the court, jumped on the court with us, and had, we had a good time with that. Did you guys fly back that night or did you get to go out in Vegas? Uh, we didn't get to go out, dude. Nothing like that. I don't think we flew up that night, but yeah, we didn't. They they had us on a tight leash. <laughs> um, we didn't right. get to do anything for real. Yeah, and then obviously uh, Kevin Durant at Allen Fieldhouse too. Was that probably one of the best halves you've seen from a college player when you were at KU? That was that was crazy. <laughs> I just remember, you know, because I I always walk slow back to the huddle. I don't know why. I still do it as a pro. And I was walking slow back to the huddle. I could just hear Coach Self and Coach Dude like, yo, like, what do we do with this guy? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> obviously they don't want the players to hear that, but I, I heard it. And I remember just everybody like, yo, we don't even know this is something special. This is, you know. Luckily he rolled his ankle, you know, and he was able to, you know, get a win. But, you know, most of the time when you're dealing with, like, you know, high, you know, high-class freshmen like that, you think, all right, they good. We'll, we'll see what they about when they come to the field house. Just that pressure. And he handled he surpassed any expectation anybody had of him coming in there and, you know, playing at that house. And he did it so effortlessly and you know, Juju did a great job of coming back and competing and putting pressure on him defensively. And he took all of that and uh, still was able to perform. But it was good to, you know, to see that Allen Fellhouse needed that. Um fans needed to see that greatness. But uh, luckily, we was able to get that win. Wasn't uh, wasn't KD on Instagram today talking shit on Al or saying that Allen Fieldhouse gets all the calls? B turned in. I see you tweet that. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about that Mathieu, the charge on Keon Dooling or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was kind of crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a bad call. I give I give him that one. But I mean, as a pro, 
as a pro, all that animosity people have towards Allen Fieldhouse, you're going to feel it because I had a lot of people come up to me, well, you ain't in Kansas no more. You're not going to get no calls. And and you really be like, all right, all right. But yeah, they, it's, a lot of people feel that way. You know, just that pressure. Like, yeah. it ain't my fault that you can't handle the crowd. Like, you know, <laughs> ain't no way to practice for that. Ain't no way you can practice for, you know, 16,000 yelling at you. Ain't no way to prepare for that. So some people buckle, turn the ball over, or, uh, you know, just just feel a little, you know, extra pressure. They don't really, you know, can't do it how they want to do them. And uh, so, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. As a pro, they definitely, they definitely remember those those moments. Speaking of uh, getting rattled in Allen Fieldhouse, this kind of reminds me. I think we might have asked Tyrell about this, but I feel like he didn't realize that you were like maybe the player on the team that might have talked the most shit to the opposing team. Do you do you feel like that's true? Nah, I don't think I. I don't think I talked that much. To be honest. I, I might have gotten like low key shit talker that nobody knew about. Me That's now. what Sean, Sean was saying that on here. Okay. Nah, I mean, uh, I mean, I got. If you start talking to me, maybe I might say something back. But <laughs> I mean, Kansas is so Kansas is so classy. You don't even need to do none of that. You know. Yeah. You already know. Like normally, York, so you might talk. You might talk a little bit trash to wake somebody up. Like to wake them up. Hey, I want to see the best version of you. So I can get the ver- best version of me. Sometimes you might do that, but at Kansas, we was getting everybody best game. So if anything, I ain't want to get you to get any more hyper than you need to be because everybody know people who circled us on that calendar. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk, I probably can talk with you. But I, I mean, I, I think at Kansas, I really kind of was, I was really chill a little bit. But maybe in practice or something, maybe in pickup, I might have been talking a little bit of trash, maybe. But. Yeah, Tyrell. Uh, Tyrell told us to ask you about D Block trying to get in a fight during pickup. Oh yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I think going into that senior year, I think everybody was like kind of ca- trying to carve out their space of you know who's going to be a leader and who's going to be you know, you know what you know. And we bumped heads a lot because I think in when we play pickup, I think defense call fouls. You know, so. If you fouled me, if I fouled you, I would have to say I fouled you, you know? Like, you can't say I, you fouled me, you know? So defense called fouls, and I think we just had a little situation where, you know, D-Block at that time, he would he'll get he'll get fouled. The defense is supposed to call a foul, and he would just stop playing. And once you stop playing, everybody stop playing. Like, yo, nobody call no foul. Keep playing. And uh, he, he did that often. He did that a lot. And I think I might have had enough of that. Because they messed up the flow of the game. And uh, so, I mean. You guys didn't fight, right? No, nah, we didn't fight, thanks to Mario. You got to ask Mario. You get him on here. You got to thank him. But, you know, we exchanged words. And I said, you know, I, I, I created an invisible line. So you cross this line. And, you know, it's on. <laughs> he crossed the line. But, you know, luckily Mario and we had a couple great teammates hop in. You know, before anything can transpire, but uh, it was fun. It was, it was fun, man. Me and D Block laughed about it. I played against him a couple of years ago. Um, he was he was doing well, so it was just were those teams. Thing. Were those teams like? Were you guys just really good at like motivating each other, like getting each other to do certain things? Or well, you know, that's I gotta throw to Coach Self. Coach Self is just he had a lot of talent put together, and he managed all the egos pretty well. So I guess everybody really felt like. 
everybody felt like they was a man in their own right. And we all respected one another, obviously. And we, you know, we didn't really, you know, have those those issues that I, I hear a lot of other teams having, you know. And uh, we all, and then we all hung out together off the court. So, and we hung out together cool, you know. And then, and uh, that's something that's also not popular with a lot of other teams. So, I think that helped us, you know, on the court just gel and, you know, you know, get the most out of each other. But as far as motivating, playing at Kansas, we ain't need no motivation, you know. You ain't want to embarrass. You ain't want to embarrass yourself. You ain't want to embarrass the school. You ain't want to embarrass your coach. So, you need more motivation than that. You need to go somewhere else. So, that was that was enough for us. Yeah. So I want to get on to the '08 season, but first I want to ask how much, how screwed did we get getting the uh, one seed in the West Region UCLA in '07? No, that's that's cool. Give us our number one seed, but go ahead and put us somewhere else. You know, you had to put us in Cali. <laughs> Like, you know, you could have put it somewhere else. That was brutal. Um, that was brutal. And, uh, I mean, that UCLA team was good. But they, I mean, I definitely felt like they had an advantage. I mean, I remember looking in the, looking in the style, you know, looking in the crowd and seeing blue. And I'm thinking, that's not our color blue. That's that UCLA color blue. And they just had it, they had it lit. And uh, my, my good friend had played for Pittsburgh. They had just beat Pittsburgh. So they... I remember going and meeting them for dinner, and they, you know, giving me the whole rundown of how to stop them. And the key to stopping them, what they thought was, hey, you stop, cut off Darren Collison's head, you know, they not, they're not going to be able to swim. But little did we know that Aaron Afalo just, just – yeah. he, he was on a – he was like a late, you know, late second round, maybe not even get drafted. You know, he was, you know, late first round, second round player, you know, like – and we know that he was going to take that as an opportunity to to get secured in the first round. Yeah, because he hit a bunch of big shots in that second. Didn't he hit some shots at like the end of the shot clock? Yeah, end of the shot clock. He hit all kind of he hit all kind of plays that that we that he probably, I think I mean obviously he expected it, but no, he wasn't playing that well up until that point. You know, like I said, he was like a late first round, yeah. second round guy. You know. After that game, he was a, a first round, you know, maybe lottery guy, you know, and it was, I think I did a good job of keeping, you know, Darren Collison under control to where he didn't impact the game as much as he did against Pittsburgh. But we wasn't expecting Aaron Follow to come out and uh, do what he did. And um, that kind of what, and then the home court kind of. Yeah. So many, I, I watched, I, that's one of the games I've watched a million times. And, uh, we beat ourselves. They didn't even beat us. Um, yeah. missed, if you ever watch it, we missed so many layups. Like, I want to say maybe 15, 16 layups. Like, we always, we always argue about this as a pod. Like, do you go back and watch losses? Because I'm, like, anti it. I will not go on YouTube and watch, like, a bad KU loss. But these dudes are- I, don't watch, I don't watch the wins. I, I watch the losses. I don't watch the wins because I kind of want to keep it how it was yeah. in my head. I, I watched that UCLA game because I, I think if we get to Florida, we beat to the final four, we play Florida, I think we win again, you know. And I think I think we I think we, we go back to back. To be honest. Yeah, it always it always felt like you guys were gonna go on a run in that game, I feel like. Yeah, if you rewatch it, it's just we missed so many layups. We we beat ourselves. Like we missed so many layups and 
I don't think they did nothing special besides Aaron Follow playing out of his mind. Like, you know. Yeah. I, I think we kept, you know, Josh Ship. Their big man was in foul trouble. I think we did good everywhere else. Darren Collison was under control. It's just they got that spark from Aaron Follow, and I think that made it made it tough. Do you ever think that team was like better or as good as the 08 team that won it? You, just because you guys had million. If you ever look at any interview I did up until this point, I thought that team was. Obviously, I can't say it's better, but I thought that we I believed in that team because that team also had uh had Julian Wright on it, and it had CJ Giles who. When when operating in his right mind was every a, a boost a boost of energy and you know defensively everything so and Julian you know he I'm surprised he never had a triple double at KU because he was on triple double watch every day you know like he's that kind of player and uh, he made he made like anything that wanted to play zone against us probably didn't because of him you know so he he made a, he made a big difference so. I thought I always believed in that team. I thought that team was uh, really, really nice. I feel like I always say this about Julian, but I feel like he would be – I feel like he was, like, before his time. Like, if he was playing in today's, like, positionless basketball, he'd be so good. So, I wish we could have just witnessed that. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think he – I still think he was – I still think he – I still think he did – I think he did well with what he had. Yeah, um, I'm I like just, in the league. Yeah. He just had that weird jump shot, man. If he could have fixed that, he'd probably still be there. But uh, you know, in the high he, had, he had a nice. Yeah, I think he had a different path, and I think everybody's path ain't the same. And I think, you know, once you get to the NBA, you get a couple, you know, years under your belt. Now you want it's probably more than everybody. Some people want to expect, you know, out of life. So, yeah. So, all right, 2008 season. We just talked about it a little bit, I guess. Did you go into that season? <laughs> We are winning the national championship. Like no other option. Like you just were that confident. Oh, yeah. So we lost. That UCLA loss was tough. So um, I, I went. I, I I changed my car. I went and got a charger. I blacked it out. Got black rims. Had the illegal black tent. Like it was like blackout season. That was my going into my my senior year. You know, that was kind of the my personal. We're gonna black out and just go out and, you know, and win, you know, because that's all I had last year. And then I had the illegal tent on my car. I had a charger, black charger, and I had – I switched out the rims. I had black rims. So every time I went to my car, it was kind of like a reminder, like, yo, this is blackout season, your last chance, and uh, we're going to win. You know, I think I might even said it at late night that, you know, we're going to win, you know, um, because that's the kind of faith I had in the team. and. That was the goal, you know, kind of speaking into existence. So we just took a day from there. As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball will soon be in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to be on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win sure. prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. That sounds fun. Visit betonline.ag to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Shout out to AB. Gave me a winner last night. Blackhawks. Yeah. Free six and a half. Hey, and I made that wager. Let me let me say this again. 
Let me say this again. Game four, run it back. Do the same. These teams don't play defense. All they do is score. Run right. it back. Sounds good. Do your betting at betonline.ag. This episode was also brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of control. But there's one thing you can't control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here yes. to remind you to do so. Uh, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your fellas down low. Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, uh, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat. They also released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant. AB's a big fan. This will help yes. you summer swamp ass with natural hydrator and anti antioxidants tough word you also find the crop reviver a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls we won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself go to manscape.com and check out some of these life-changing products in fact listeners of the ain't no seeds podcast will get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair, it's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. But uh, also shout out to the football team, man, because them doing so well, it kind of took the pressure off us all the way up until January, I guess. Sure. I, don't think, I don't think nobody really gave them enough credit um, because as far as media attention, you know, obviously at Kansas, we get a lot of it. And sometimes, like, we, we play a game that, hey, we supposed to win by 25 and we only win by 15. The media can make something of that. You know, oh, you know, we, we, you know, we're not shooting well from three. Or, you know, they can make something of it. They got, they got to write a story. Mm-hmm. But with the football team playing so well, like, they got all the attention up until January. And uh, they, you know, and then, they, and then by them, you know, going to Orange Bowl and winning and doing having the greatest season at KU in football, the vibe on campus was 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 on a different level as well, and one that just helped us just get going. And by the time they was done, I think we might have been twenty and zero, yeah, twenty one and zero, something like that. And we had just been cruising, and then uh, yeah. So shout out to the football team in their business. Yeah, um, I talked to Sharon before this, uh, just if he had any stories that he was talking about you and him kind of staying up late, like looking at rankings and how it kind of got you guys motivated for 08 also. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. We, was, we might have been in his room. And, uh, you know, one of them flashback the past because, you know, at that point, I think, what, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going into my senior year. He's going into his sophomore year. Guys that we just played with in high school, they all in the league. You know, Rondo, you know, he's in the league now. Kyle Lowry is in the league already. Um. Everybody I played in high school, I went straight from – they all in the NBA carving out, you know, themselves in the NBA. So it was kind of like, wow, we were just here. He, I didn't play in the McDonald's game. I missed it by a couple of votes. But Sharon played in the McDonald's game. You know, a lot of them guys is already gone. They one and done, you know. So he 
it was kind of like one of them motivating. Hey, we got to get back, you know, to being, you know, who we who we know we are. So, in the best way we felt like to get there was to win. And uh, so, and that so that was a story. Uh, how you know how we, you know, um, motivated ourselves. Yep, I remember looking at that. You know? Yeah. And then um, he made. It, he also made it seem like you were a big reason he stayed, and how he thought about transferring because Bill was kind of hard on him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah shout out to Rob for saying that because I always thought that he just that was between me and him kind of thing because we never really spoke on it. But I remember his freshman year, he had to like he, I remember him. They say he was overweight. You know, I don't think he was overweight, but you know, he was probably a little bigger than what they wanted him to be. So he used to have to go work out for a whole hour before practice. So, and our practices wasn't no, we didn't do conditioning or nothing, but just because of the talent level in there, it was intense. And the talent level made it that, that much harder, you know? So practice wasn't tough. So to imagine having to go work out for a whole hour to burn some calories, you know, or whatever, and then come practice with us, that was like, whoa. Yeah. That was tough. Like, so I, I, I sympathize with him on that one. And uh, and it, you know, and he didn't lift with us or nothing. And then he if he come lift, he he lift just as much as us. So he didn't have to lift. He was naturally strong. So he would do all his. He he'd be up there having to do cardio. So he was kind of like on his own. And I guess he might have felt alienated a little bit. But I remember Coach Self being hard on him. And uh, and I just remember ah, like I've been in your shoes, man. So I know how you feel. And I just learned from the seniors above me what they didn't do, what I wanted them to do for me. They didn't do it for me, so I knew it. I knew it needed to be done, and I did it for him. So, when Coach Self was on him and he was ready to crack, you know, I was in his air. Hey, you know, in his air, you know, coach coaching him through it. Because if you go work out for a whole hour and then go through a practice at KU, like your brain, the brain fog is kicking in. You know, you're not even you can't even comprehend what's going on. So, I knew I knew where he was at mentally, and I'll talk him through it. He 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 couldn't mess up on no play because I'm talking to him. I'm in his air. I'm, I'm guarding him. I'm pressuring him. Fake pressure, obviously. But I'm pressuring him enough to coach think I'm pressuring him. And I'm in his ear telling him what he got to do so where he's so he not messing up. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And it was a point when he was ready to crack and he was done. Like, I, I could see the Paul on his, like, the Paul getting happy and celebrating. I seen it all over his face. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I already been through this and I know how they didn't do me. And what I wanted and what I needed, because I felt like, you know, I'm one of the people, like, if you're here, you decided to come here, it's for a reason, and we need you, you know what I'm saying? So, because he came to KU with me and Mario already there, so, and you know what I'm saying? So, that showed kind of, you know, confidence he had in himself. So, I was like, yeah, this is the kind of people I want to play with. You know, I came from an AAU team. My whole AAU team went high division one, and we all was good. Three of the top five players played on the same team, so. I'm used to playing with talent. I know what it is, and I know that the better he is, it's going to take less. It's going to take you know more pressure off of me. You know what I'm saying? And then winning is the, the, the goal. So, yeah, I talked him through that that freshman year, and then he was ready to crack. He was mad at Juju because Juju's supposed to be from Chicago, and Juju ain't doing what you know people from Chicago supposed to do in those kind of situations. And I just knew everything that he was going through, and I just and I kind of talked him through it. And once he got over that hump came through for us in the Big 12 and all them games, me and Mario just couldn't get it going. He, he stepped it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's awesome that you were, yeah. you were like that. 
mentor for him, I guess, because you could have easily been like almost – I feel like there's some dudes that would be like, look, I'm a senior. This freshman's really good. I don't want anything to do with him. I want him to – Like I said, I've already been in his shoes, and yeah. I had – I already know what they didn't do for me. So – and I know how it worked out for them, you know. You know, at, when, they, when they they couldn't get it done, you know, wound up – nobody was there to step up for him, you know. So you almost you almost feel like you didn't have I, – I guess I don't – not saying names, but you just didn't feel like the upperclassmen when you were a freshman were like it was. The seniors they was focused on themselves and 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 they was focused on positioning themselves for the next level, which was the NBA. Yeah. And you know, Aaron Miles he took me to the side and he did as much as he could without you know sacrificing himself. You know, but I mean, he did do that. But the rest of them uh, they was just they was focused on. Getting their numbers, doing their thing, obviously winning too, but they wasn't concerned with no freshman and how he felt or what he was going through. Because they obviously didn't go through it because they played a different coach. So yeah. I played for Coach Self and it's, it's different, you know, it's, it's different than how Roy would handle it and Coach Self handled it. So I had a, had that, that bad freshman year and growing up in New York, you don't learn, like you don't survive if you don't learn from other people's mistakes, you know. So that was a mistake they had. It was nothing wrong with it, you know. But I, I I seen what it was, and I, I knew that, hey, if I'm going to win, that's what I want to win. He's a part of this team, and he's going to be a part of this team. He's going to be happy. This We need this guy to be happy and feel comfortable. And we need him to operate at his level, you know what I'm saying? Because I ain't going to always have it, you know. And if I don't always have it, I need somebody else to be able to step up and help the team win. And, uh, and sure enough, he, you know, he stepped up. I'm glad he, I'm glad he stuck around. It turned out it turned out pretty good. For yeah, he him. had no choice. I mean, if you if you'd have left after that, you know, he you know that would been on him. But if you'd have left after that, he would have you know missed out all the American all that stuff. So, yeah. I mean, he he worked out for him. He pays his dues, and uh, you know, we was re- I was I was real about it. You know, so and uh, you know he had the team he had the team to himself for two for two years. Yeah, you know, me Mario didn't have that so. Yeah. He came to himself, so that was it. Worked out for him, and he took advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. So anytime, uh, anytime we have a former guy on, we kind of ask about just stories about being in Manhattan or Columbia with K State Mizzou fans. Do you have any memories about those places that stick out to you? Uh, I just remember. I mean, I just remember K State throwing the chicken on the floor on the court before the game. I just remember they they was real like before KU like purple was like one of my favorite colors like it was none it was nothing to see me in uh I think when Coach Self came to visit me one time in high school I had a a Diamondbacks hat with a purple polo like I like purple you know what I'm saying it was a good color to me but after getting to KU they said oh the survivor you can't but after playing at K State I ain't never wear no purple since that's how that's how that's how like I don't, I had a couple. It's a couple guys from my high school, Rice, that went to uh, K State. One of them is coaching there right now, and I love them. But yo, you will never see me like talk good about they they university. <laughs> like I talk good about them, but I just couldn't get with K State when they was doing. But I guess it was all in good competition. But I think them and Mizzou both they went overboard with it. Um, but yeah, yeah, those was those, those wasn't they wasn't fun places to play. Like I wouldn't say that I enjoyed playing at either one of those places because they they fans was just kind of like really. 
Like it was, yeah, it was I mean, a easy line. You went three and one, right? At, at Manhattan. Yeah, that we lost that one game. That, that yeah. senior year game. We was we'll probably lose that game today if we played. It was it was everything. It was in their favor that day. And, uh, Mike Beasley. Mike Beasley. Yeah, we were just happy that they that we didn't um. Everybody got hurt or something, you know, because they was gonna win that game regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess so. You're rolling through the 08 season. You guys are. I think you were 20 and 0 until you lost that game to uh, Beasley and K State, but. You kind of, I guess you started to struggle a little bit. You lost at Oklahoma State, and from there, you guys kind of turned it around. Now, I know there's always that story about Henry Tease, which I feel like is – do you think the Henry Tease players-only meeting was, like, overblown, or do you really think that was, like, what flipped the switch? Uh, uh, so, the Henry Tease, I ain't going to say it was overblown, but, you know, it was it was something for the media to wrap, it, wrap around and. Yeah, you know, write a story about. But before that Henry Tease meeting, I had a meeting with Coach Self, and he wasn't he wasn't happy with me at all, um, because I, at that point I was like I was floating. I was just like, all right, I'm not gonna get like you know you know we played Kansas and we played a lot of good players. Like you normally, like every once in a while you get your 20 point game. Every once in a while you get your you know, your shine, like, that scene, yeah, we was, like, 20-something, and oh, my my day didn't come around. So I was kind of, like, on cruise control, like, yo, it's my senior year, I'm going to just win, and I'm going to just keep it, whatever. I'm not fighting, I'm going to just enjoy this. But up until that point, I didn't really I didn't really get my breakout game. Every time it seemed like it was supposed to be my time, it wasn't. So I was just on cruise control, and he wasn't happy with it. And it showed in my behavior. And... uh he reminded me, yo, you important to what we're trying to do here. Like, I don't think you know it or you acting like you don't know it. But he reminded me, and we had a nice little long meeting, and it wasn't nice. He was he was very mad at me, and I had to go double double back and check with Coach T. Like, yo, like, am I good? Like, was that, like, you know, like, was that just him motivating me or was he, like, he going to beat me up or something? Because he, he was not happy with me. <laughs> And Coach T was like, you know, yeah, yeah, he just, um, you know, he want the best. He, he want the best. Coach T, you know, you know, kind of like reassured me, like, yeah, he just wants you to trying to motivate you. He wants you to step up. But I, after leaving that, I was like, man, I felt like a bad person. And uh, I went from that, from there to the Henry T's meeting. And I think the Henry T's meeting was, I think D Block kind of like orchestrated all of that because I don't think half of them like Henry T's. I don't know, wasn't a popular place for us. But I think D Block orchestrated that and we went there and we talked and um didn't lose another game. Didn't lose another game, yeah. So I think in the, obviously another game that sticks out from that year is just how you guys shit Texas Tech at the field house. Oh, uh, that's that was senior night. Yeah. yeah, that was senior night. So that was one of the games that I, I had a good game. I don't think I missed a I ain't missed a basket that game, but Everybody dedicated that to the seniors. I think B. Rush might have took one for the team. He didn't play. Oh, he played, but he ain't. You know, he didn't really get that many minutes. Mario was, you know, pass first everything. So that was just one dedicated to us, and the vibes were just, you know, all about the seniors, and we was able to. I just remember that. That game was one of those games where it was like, you just kept waiting for somebody to miss. Like even Jeremy Cake yeah. made like yeah. four threes yeah. that. You guys were just unconscious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad for B. Rush because that was his last game in the field house too. So, 
I wish mean, <laughs> he would have got a little bit more, you know, shine. But they definitely we went out with a bang. Everybody, you know, really emotional night. Everybody was happy. Yeah. So round three versus Texas, Big 12 tournament. I think it's one of my favorite KU games ever. Just back and forth the entire time. I think Mario and B-Rush were on fire. Um, like, was that – did you guys, like, want to make a point to beat them three straight years or was it just another game? Uh, I, for me, it was just another game. I just felt like, you know, we had – it was in Kansas City. Those was like home games to us, you know. So just to even look at, you know, those are – I mean, I just – those are just another games. And that, those, I think, uh, you know, Mario and them, they, they, they obviously – you know, they they took that challenge, you know, and um you know, obviously they looking, you know, they, they got their eyes set on, you know, winning and everything. So but you also know that that stage is you know, that's where NBA scouts is at that game. You know, a lot of NBA people there. Yeah. You know, so and then you playing against Texas, you know, a lot of and I I'll probably say at least ten NBA scouts is there. So they they stepping it up to a, that kind of level, you know. <laughs> to where they performing at that, trying to impress those people. And uh, so that's why they performed the way they did. And um, we just, you know, Coach Self did his job, you know. And um, we could – he did a, he did an unbelievable job coaching us because I think a lot of those games, we was out of it. And it was only only him that, that got us back into it. So the combination of the two, you know, had my job a lot easier. Like, all I got to do, I just go out here and just get the ball to where I need to get you know, play a little defense and just wait for my turn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys win that game. Uh, you guys beat Portland State and UNLV, and then you get to the Nova game. Can you kind of talk about how motivated uh, Mario and Sharon were going into that game? Just because I think, was it uh, Scotty Reynolds they picked over them for the USA team? Yeah, so, like, so you just, you know, Portland State probably was the hardest game. I don't know, something with us in first-round games. So that was like a little, a little intense one, you know. I don't want to skip over that because they had a little point guard that was he might have been like top five in scoring in the country. You know, we handled him pretty well, and then UNLV don't want to skip over them either because that game they kind of gave us a little scare. They had a little three point three three guards short that could score the ball, and uh, you know they act like they were trying to make a make a little run for it. So I mean, Shereen and Sharon, I think stepped up that game and. Got them under control. And then, uh, like, like you said, Villanova. So, yeah, you had uh, Coach Jay Wright. He was, a, I think he was 18 and under, or maybe 20, 19 and under uh, USA coach. And, he, you know, he picked his guy over Mario, I think, and Sharon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess they felt some type of way. Um, got a couple of dynamics going on. Uh, Villanova also had uh, – they had, they had um, Corey Fisher, who's – no, nah, he was gone. Kyle Lowry was gone by then. But they had Corey Fisher. He's from New York. So there was a newspaper article in, in New York, you know, that had kind of had, like, yo, who's, like, who's better? Like, you know, comparing me and him, you know. And that and that kind of was a little dynamic as well. Um, and then, yeah, Coach Jay Wright in high school, he said that uh, he came to New York to recruit a lot of, a lot of players, you know. Um, and for something, he, he, didn't like, he didn't like me as a player. I remember him telling my coach, I don't know exactly what he said, but he told him something that just wasn't really, like, positive with me. And I was like, all right, cool. So it was a lot of that dynamic. And I remember Mario just feeling some type of way because that was an opportunity that I think, you know, he 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 deserved. And, you know, also Zeron 
And then Scotty Reynolds, I played against him as a pro. Uh, he's a good player, but, you know, as far as a point guard, like, you know, those those two definitely had him beat out at that position, especially at that time, too. So, yeah, um, he wasn't, you know, so that was kind of like, yo, that was that was that was tough. So, yeah, they, t- they took it out on him. <laughs> um, I think I might have got played of the game that game, though. Um, nobody talk about that. But. I was going to ask about uh, the alley-oop off the backboard to B-Rush. Yeah, that was a mistake. But that was a mistake, but B-Rush cleaned it up for me. You know, he went them two points, so I didn't <laughs> to make it happen. However he made it happen, but, but yeah, he made that happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was a good team. That was a scary team because – they had a lot, of, a lot of tools and being able to pressure us, and they matched up pretty well. But uh, like all them different dynamics going on with me, Corey Fisher, Mario, Jay Wright, all that stuff. It, it just they had no really, they had no chance, you know. You know, everybody was just, you know tuned into that. So, yeah, it was good. So moving on to the Davidson game, I feel like that had this. You you guys had to be a little tight. You're stressed. You just lost in the Elite Eight the year before. Davidson's a Cinderella team that everyone's talking about. Steph Curry's doing outrageous things. I mean, just how, were you confident going into that game, or did you kind of know, like, this is going to be super tough? I was confident going into the game, and I think we all were. But Davidson at that point, thanks to Georgetown and whoever else they ran into, they became America's team, you know? Like everybody was the energy, everything in the in the atmosphere, the gym was like against us. Like, you know, you felt it. I think LeBron was at that game as well. He was in the stands. You know, LeBron was at that game. So I mean he was there to see Steph Curry, but you know, you had all you had everybody pulling, you know, for Davison. Yeah. And Steph, as great as a player he was, he made everybody on that team about fifty percent better than what they what they was. Maybe even more. Yeah. So I remember them having – they have a big man. They had their point guard who wanted to play in the NBA, actually, for a year. And him. And they played, like, out, out of their, like, mind. You know, it was like, I know you're not that – I know you're not that good, but, you know, stuff is bringing, you know, it out of you, you know. So I just remember I, – I remember guarding him. Um, he didn't wear deodorant, so I, I think I want to say that he probably didn't shower. <laughs> you know, so so yeah, he, he was a little. He, he didn't like. He didn't like. He didn't like. I, I want to say he didn't shower. Wait, I, I want this on. Was Steph Curry the stinkiest player you ever guarded? <laughs> I ain't gonna say he's the stinkiest player I ever guarded, but I know guarding him, like he didn't like. He didn't like. I, I want to say he didn't shower just because out of luck or something, you know what I'm saying? Because superstition, superstition or something like that. I want to say that, you know, because obviously he's a great hygiene guy, you know, you know what I'm saying? But I want to say superstition <laughs> because anytime I got close to him enough, it was like, whoa, like back up, you know? But I mean, I didn't care. I just you know, <laughs> I tried to do my best to keep him under control. Like, you know, I think my thing I'm a I'm a good player. I always been a good player, so I know that yo, you ain't about to, I ain't about to shut you out. You know, I ain't about to do all that. What I can do is slow you down and slow your control of the game down, and 
I want to say for about the first five minutes, he was patient and he was patient and he was patient. And then he got loose for a minute. And then once we, I think when we calmed down, I think we might have switched off and he got loose and he was able to hit a couple of shots and just keep us in check. But that just, the game was, it was tight thanks to Shasha for stepping up and, uh, you know, catching some alley-oops, keeping the crowd into it. But it was just a nasty game, muddy game. Nobody could get no good shots. It was, it was the pressure. And then I think before that game, before, once we left the locker room, all the number one seeds had already secured. Yeah. They the final four. So we was the last one. So I'm pretty sure coach had that, you know, pressure on him. And uh, it just was a nasty game. Yeah. And we, we, we talked to Tyrell a little bit about this, but like uh, coach self had never been to the final four. And so the pressure to want to lose, like you're playing a 10 seed. I know it's Davidson, but to think if self would have gone another year, losing the elite eight without uh, getting to that final four would have been, people would have been talking, you know how the media is. That was, that was tough. And that was, I would say that was the hardest game of the whole tournament. And uh, just couldn't get no rhythm and just couldn't do anything really. Yeah. And uh, luckily we was able to play it out. So. Can you talk about uh, how good you guys were defensively on that last possession? And did it feel like that shot was up in the air forever or how did it feel? Well, you know, Coach Self, you know, he, he made the uh, made the call, like, yo, put B-Rush on him. I was a little worried about B-Rush guarding him that far out, you know, but putting B-Rush on him gave us a couple inches so he can't really, like, shoot over me or something like that, you know, it made it a little harder. And uh, putting B-Rush on him made it, you know, gave him a different look because B-Rush hadn't guarded him the whole game up until then. You know, I had guarded him, Mario guarded him. And uh, putting B-Rush gave him a different look and gave us some interest. So that was just cool. I mean, I'm I'm happy because the way it looked, looking at film, it looked like I might have missed the box out. Somebody missed the box out. Like, they could have they could have got a rebound in the tip in or something. I mean, how do you box out with that ball in the air? I felt like yeah, but was- Yeah, so- I mean, we it was like I think two people went to one guy and one guy was under the rim by himself. Like, you know. Like, it could have been. I think we won by two or one. We won by two. Yeah, you yeah. got two, so that goes in. Yeah, so somebody, like, if it came up the right way, somebody could have had a tip in. So I was more yeah. worried about that. I felt kind of bad. I think it might have been my fault, but I don't know. But when it uh, when it didn't go in, I was like, oh, yeah, we good. Like, I was like, yo, because it was that bad of a game. Yeah. That was awesome. And that's just a game. It was ugly, but it's a game you always – I'll always remember just because it, it's a typical NCAA tournament game that's gross, but there's always yeah. that one. Um, a game that wasn't gross, North Carolina, Final Four. I still think the first half was the best half of basketball ever played. I think you had 24 steals in the first half. Uh, is Do you think that – is that to this day the best basketball you've ever been a part of? That was That was cool because once we got to the Final Four, like it was no pressure on us. You know, I think we might have been uh, out, of, out of number one season. We was the fourth-seeded fourth team. Yeah. So, they, they, you know, they even though I thought we was better than North Carolina during the season, I felt like we should have been higher. Um, but there was no pressure on us. You know, we was like, all right, we're good. And uh, you could tell from scouting report, you could tell from the tension was over. Like, you know, it wasn't no Davidson tension. Everybody was cool. Everybody was real relaxed and loose. 
you know, I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to play my part, and I came out that first possession. I just, I think I might have hit a shot, but I just really wanted to set the tone, like, yo, we we had to win, we had to, you know, this is this is nothing to us, and uh, I think the team follows suit after that because this being the final four, this everybody first time coaches, you know, we didn't want to be tight, and I came out. I don't normally shoot like that. You know, I normally take my time, and I, I shot the first time I touched it. I think, yeah, and, uh, just to get get everybody in that. Yo, you know, we had to play. You know, and then I just remember being up, I think maybe forty to twelve or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking like uh, I'm looking. We had the bench. Everybody out of everybody out of breath, but like everybody's tired, out of breath. We looking like, yo, is this really happening right now? Like, what in the world is this? <laughs> I mean, I feel like if there was a time to shit, that was the time. No, it wasn't. I mean, every we all gasped for air. Everybody's yeah. tired, and we gasped for air. We don't gas for air like that because you know Hootie has Hootie has us. We one of the strongest teams, one of the most conditioned teams, and we don't really meet that many kind of people that can really match up with us like physically, mentally, and you know physically. You know, and they was like, whoa. And Coach Self was the only one really, member of the coaching staff, that was really like, yo, 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 chill out. We ain't win this game yet. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, you need to keep it, keep the foot on the, you know, on the, on the, you know, keep it going. Like, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, sure enough, they they definitely made their run back. But they just didn't have yeah. enough gas. Yeah, what was the message kind of from the coaches, like, when they did storm back like that? No, nah, I mean, so we was up 40 to 12. I remember being a timeout. And everybody was like, yo, looking at each other like, is this even happening right now? And I remember redirecting everybody's attention. Yo, this game is not over. And you came up with some, some high-quality players over there. And they had Tyler Hansbrough, and he was capable of taking over a game by itself. So, and they had Tyler Austin, and they had Wayne Allen, and they had Danny Green. And, you know, these, these guys are, you know, they have, have some tools that easily – this is nothing to them, you know. And Carolina play fast. So, it's like, you know, this ain't nothing really, you know. So – and they got a great coach. So, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we got to, you know, stay on our toes with this one. And sure enough, they cut it back to four. But by the time they cut it back, they had nothing in the tank. And we ain't had nothing in the tank. They sure didn't have nothing in the tank fighting back. So, you know, shout out to both – you know, strength and conditioning coaches, uh, Coach Hootie and, and Jonas over there in Carolina because they had us right because all season I didn't play against nobody that I felt like the boys at Carolina felt, you know, like as far as strength and conditioning and core and all that kind of stuff. So the boys in Carolina had a really, really that good working. So I was able, yeah, so we was able to pull that up. They played faster than anybody. I remember that was the whole storyline is whether or not you guys could uh, keep up with them, and then it's 40 to 12 before anyone even I mean, I, I told everybody, I mean, Coastal, Coastal, I, I remember being – I remember being mad when they was number one in the country. Like, I remember saying, yo, we better than them. And I honestly think that we play – we probably played faster than we could have, but it just – you know, our history, we just wanted to you know, stay in the controls. Because, you know, we done lost in the first round twice. We didn't want to get out of control, you know. So I felt like we could play faster than what we played. And if, you know, Coach Self let us loose a little bit more, we could have been doing even more than that. So, 
But uh, we did what we needed to do and, uh, you know, kept everything in moderation. But, yeah, I always thought we was better than them. Because that's one thing about playing at Kansas. You, you get to watch ESPN. You get to hear all the analysts. Yeah. You get to see all the games. Like, I already knew. Like, I, I always felt like, yo, they, they – why they – I don't know. What's the guy against us, you know? Did you uh, – did you have an analyst that used to, like, piss you off the most? Like, KU fans yeah. are so mad at certain guys, like – Fran Fischilla, or I like Fran Fischilla, but was there, like, as a player, one that you were just like, this guy sucks, man. So, Jay Bellis, I mean, I know he went to Duke, but, like, come on, be like, Duke could do no wrong, like, at all. Like, like he was one that I used to be like, come on, what is this? Fran always showed his love. Fran, you know, got New York connections, and he always, you know, shouted out New York and uh, my high school, um, which, which played a good big part of my career as well. So I liked, I always liked Fran, and he was a big, big 12 guy, so... I mean, he showed us a lot of respect, but I just when it came to nationally, I felt like I don't understand like what what they're not seeing in us, you know. Yeah. Um, but Jay Bills is one I thought always stuck out that like, yo, I don't know, it's not adding up. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so you guys beat UNC obviously, and you're obviously a defensive-minded guy. You're three-time All Big Twelve defense. How excited were you for the challenge of guarding Derrick Rose in the title game? Uh, so, I mean, I know I was going to have my hands for it anyway. That just seeing that whole, that whole, you know, whole roster, you know, I was just seeing, uh, cause I had Todd Lawson in Carolina. And at that time he was just as good as any of them. Um, just as fast, highly recruited, you know, lottery projected pick. So I knew I was going to have my hands full and I knew that I was, that was, that was going to be my, you know, I really wanted, you know, honestly, I really was like, oh, this is a good time just to have some some big games offensively, you know, and then, you know, set myself up professionally, you know, at the NBA level, you know. But I just knew that, you know, to take pressure off for Mario, to take pressure off of Sharon, if I just guard these guys, then, you know, we good, you know. I just focus my energy on that. So that Mario ain't going into no UNC game having to worry about guarding no Ty Lawson or nothing like that. Well, Mario ain't got to go into no Memphis game thinking about D-Rose and what he can do. What Mario got to do is go into the game and think about what Mario has to do, you know, offensively, you know what I'm saying? Like, or you know, he's going to play defense, but he ain't had that pressure of, man, I got to score and I got to guard these guys. So I just wanted to take that pressure off of him. And then Sharon was – I really felt like I wanted – you know, I really – I actually like Sharon just to come in and just do what he wanted, you know. So just be the loose cannon. And if he hit – he hit. If he missed, all right, go back, you know. You know, that's kind of how I, I like I liked, I wanted him to be, you know. So, um, I just wanted to take the pressure off of him so that when he come in, you know, you can do whatever you want that way. And if it ain't working, cool. We're going to come out, sit back on the bench, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it, you know, I'm going to keep it under control or whatever. So, I just wanted to take that that pressure because I've been a top player. And if I know that I'm, I'm playing against, you know, the top guy, that's going to take away from me. Just having to get that energy defensively, that's going to take away from what I can do offensively and stuff. So I just wanted to alleviate that that pressure off of him. Hey, don't worry about it. I got this. And the only way to do that is to the way I carry myself and what I actually do on the court. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, D Rose, I felt like I didn't. I don't think nobody ever mentioned it, but I don't think uh, the coach in Memphis didn't even mention it. But they didn't have Andre Allen and. Uh, I played against Andre Allen in AAU Nationals, 13, year, 13 and under. 
So, and Andre Allen was the number one point guard at 13 and under in my class at 13. And we played him in the championship. And that boy was a problem. He was and a little guy with a headband, right? Little guy, little point guard. Yeah. And we played against him at 13, and he was a full problem. And uh, we wound up winning the 13 under national championship. But I remember him being like, like, yo, he is the problem. And uh, obviously time went on. And he's at Memphis, and I'm at Kansas. And Memphis didn't let didn't even let him come on the trip. So he was hurt. I think he might have. I think I I, I want to say I think he failed the drug test or something like that. Oh, so I mean, obviously, I mean, you do something like that, you're not supposed to play. But with the they probably didn't really expect like he's oh, one of those. He's what I was to KU. He was that to Memphis. So. <laughs> So Joey Dorsey was probably ten percent less of who he was with Andre Allen out there. Eric Rose was probably twenty percent less than who he was because Andre Allen wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? So I knew Andre Allen as a person, you know, because Nike camp, you know, we grew up together, you know. So we had Nike camps together, and he's like a general, you know. He's like a, you know, I want to say, I want to say he's from the streets, like he's from the streets of Memphis. So he's from that area. And he's real respected where he's from. And like he was like a he's like a general. And he was at Memphis and his presence not being there, I can guarantee you that those guys didn't didn't cause he I mean, I remember going in the locker room and it being like a little before we went out. Remember Sharon and Joey Dorsey, them going they going at it. Like, you know, like in the tunnel, you know, right? In the tunnel, yeah, they're going at it. But Andre Allen is that guy for they for they team that would have been going at it and, you know, motivating guys and getting guys in place and keeping guys hype. And he wasn't there. So once I didn't see him there, I'm like, oh, I don't think I don't think I don't think Calipari know what he's doing. Like I at least had him there to 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 sit on the bench, you know what I'm saying? Because he's an important part. I don't think he thought he was important. But once I didn't see him there, I'm like, oh, all right. I know Joey Dorsey. And Joey Dorsey's one of those guys that he needs somebody like a general to keep him motivated, to keep him cool or keep him not from filing. You know what I'm saying? Like he needs somebody to check him. Yeah. Did he file out? Yeah, he filed out in overtime. So he needs somebody and Calipari not the guy that can to talk him down. He needs somebody that he can, you know, his peers to do it. And Andre Allen was that guy. So when I didn't see him there, and I know what kind of player in person he is, I was like, oh, they messed up. They, they really messed up. Yeah. Um, and and then when you see Derrick Rose and you know, he a super talented guy, you can feel like he, he the way he moves, he's just a little different. But I don't feel like he was all the way motivated. You know, that was a lot of pressure for him. You know, as yeah. a freshman to be on that stage like that. So, you know, you need a guy like Andre Allen there to to um like you know motivate him and keep him going. So once I didn't see Andre Allen, I'm like, oh, they messed up for sure. So. And, uh... You got, I mean, obviously, you're like the senior leader of that team, and you guys are down big, nine with two minutes and whatever left. Did you, I know you didn't show it to the team, but like in the back of your mind, we're like, shit, we lost, or were you literally 100% confident the whole time? I mean, I was, I mean, I was, I was content. I wasn't even tripping. Like, I felt like, you know, we made it to the final four. You know, we, we put ourselves in this position, you know. We had this game. The game wasn't really uh, – the game was kind of like, you know, 
uh, like, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I, don't, I thought the Carolina game was a lot better, yeah. you know. So, but we got great coaches. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm, like, this is, this is it. Like, if even if it's this, it's how we go out. I mean, I'm cool with that too, you know. But I know that, you know, we got all the tools, and we're not gonna give up until that, to that buzzer, that buzzer go off. So, you know, to fast forward it, like down now, like, come on. Playing at Kansas, like I wasn't even, we wasn't even thinking like we about to lose. We don't even think like that, you know. Yeah. We don't lose until it's like, wow, it's the shot clock say we lost. You know what I'm saying? So we went us up until that moment, That's and awesome. each 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 player, you know, one by one, they made their plays one by one, and uh, and then if you ever look at the video when Mario hit the shot, everybody jumping up, going crazy. If you look on the bench, I'm on the bench. I didn't even move. Yeah, you're sitting down, right? I'm sitting down with the towel. Like, I got the towel. I'm chilling. Like, I'm getting ready for overtime because, like, un- <laughs> unlike, unlike everybody else, like, <laughs> I don't know when it was, but I know before that Mario told me, he came to me. He's in my air. I don't know if it's on film. I'll have to look. But he told me, like, yo, we ain't losing this game. We're not losing this game. And I want to say it was maybe in between that, that nine-point run or something. He's like, yo, I ain't letting you go out like this. And he said that to me. He said it in my ear. And, you know, people could say what they want to say, you know. Uh, they, you know, people – but I believe that. Like, it, hit, it went straight to my heart. Like, all right, yeah, this is – went straight to my heart. That's like, all. Yeah, this is – this is uh, yeah, this is real. This, You know, he just, he just spoke that into existence. So, when he hit the shot, it was like, all right, bet. We on to the play. We on to the overtime. Like, all right, that's the way you want – that's how you want to do it? You know, God, you want to make it interesting for everybody else? Go ahead, you know, because in my mind, I already knew that we was good. So, um, yeah. Before yeah, so. we, uh, before we, I guess we can talk a little bit about overtime because we obviously dominated. But producer AB, the one question he wanted to ask was, "Do you think Chris Douglas Roberts should have got a technical for bouncing the ball? Because you're on the bench, or you're either on the court or on the bench, like calling for a technical when he bounced the ball off the ground." Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get as many points as we can, and I play. <laughs> In Nike camp, I want to say my junior year, Chris Douglas Roberts was on my team. So he wasn't – I'm a Chris Douglas Roberts fan, really. So he was on my team. He was one of the younger guys, and he had an awkward game. But I knew he was nice, you know. And I'm happy that he got to, he got to Memphis and Calipari, let him, you know, showcase his awkwardness, you know, because he had a little awkwardness to his game. But, uh, yeah, I was a Chris Douglas Roberts fan. So, I mean, I was just trying to get, in, trying to get points and trying to get momentum. Yeah. But uh, I'm happy they didn't call it. We just we didn't want nothing given to us, you know. We wanted it fair and square. Yeah, um, we had Sharon on, and he was talking about how obviously Mario hits the shot off chop, and then they kind of came to the huddle and basically told Bill like this game's over, like it's over. I want to say Coach Self said, "Yo, this one is over." Like he said, "We got this." I want to say he said it, um, but you know, obviously the arena said it as well, and they face said it, and that's why I say. Andre Allen not being there, like I don't think they, I don't think nobody ever said that. Nobody ever going to give him a credit, but without him being there, like he was the heart of that team. They had no heart, like the heart was gone. So, yeah. and then once Joey filed out, like you know, I mean, they had Doja and these other guys that were good players. Target, you know, these guys was, you know, they was decent players. But like I said, with Andre Allen not there, they all played about twenty percent less than what they probably would have played if he was there. So. I I just knew like you know you had the momentum and you can give us another five minutes you know that was gonna be tough on them. 
Yeah, that game was over. So, uh, obviously, you guys win it. I'm always curious about this. Tyrell really wouldn't tell us much. Maybe you were different. What'd you do that night after the Memphis game? Uh, so you had nothing to lose. You could get in trouble. You could get drunk. Like you could do whatever you wanted. No, I mean it was. I mean everybody had their family there, so we we all went back to the hotel with the trophy. I think I had the trophy for the most of the most of the time. I had the trophy, and I was handing it out to people. So I had the trophy for the longest. And, you know, we all went back to the hotel, went back to the suite, like a suite that we had reserved up stop. And then everybody, family was there. You know, uh, you know, Coach Brown came by. Um, just a lot of the close, you know, KU family and everybody was around taking pictures. Um, and then, you know, we did that, had snacks. Nobody showered or not. Everybody's still in their jerseys and stuff. We had the snacks, ate, took, everybody took pictures and, and we went back to the rooms, and then and I remember going to the room, and they had Scott Pilot in there, Jock Vaughn, they all in there, like you know, celebrating, jumping on me, like, <laughs> like you know, you got it. I remember that game. that one, it, that was funny. You sitting in there chopping up with them, and then um, we had security, so we couldn't leave the floor. Like we was on that floor, and I just remember everybody just floating from room to room. Yeah. You know, we had Skype back then, so everybody's Skyping back home. Everybody's Skyping on the computer trying to um, see what's going on on Mass Street. We're trying to see what's going on back in the town. Like, you know, we want – they sending us pictures and everything. And and uh, so that was that was kind of like the most thing, you know, kind of the best part about it or whatever. So what was the uh, – what was the first bar you went out to after the national championship in Lawrence? Uh, so I, I mean, I didn't sleep for the, I had to do the interview with the, you know, with the NCAA that next morning. Yeah. So I went there no, on no sleep and we got to Kansas. I ain't had no sleep. I slept a little bit on a plane and then we went from the airport, whole bunch of fans straight to the football stadium, whole bunch of fans. So I ain't running off no sleep. So my first I got some. I got. I got to the house. Still didn't really get no sleep. But I think my first stop was probably to the Hawk. I think the Hawk was my first stop. Well, the turn up. Yeah. So the Hawk was where it was at. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was everybody was. I mean, I want to say that that campus was never it was never the same after that for a, a long time. A long time it was like that. So. What was uh, what was your favorite bar in Lawrence? Uh, I mean, I would have to say Brothers. I would have to say Brothers is my favorite just because it was just reliable. You know, you can get a little bit of everything real intimate, you know, or it can be real, you know, party. Whatever you wanted to make it, Brothers is kind of it, you know. But I would like to say Abe and Jake's was probably yeah. the um, go-to. But – I think my senior year had closed down, so it was uh it wasn't open or whatever. But um, I like Abe and Jake's that setup, probably the best setup. But Brothers is my reliable. I think that's what Tyshawn said. Sharon said. I don't know who. I don't. I can't remember. Who <laughs> have Graves said. What? I think Graves said Abe and Jake's. Oh yeah, I've heard good stories. I never got to go there, but yeah, Abe and Jake's was Abe and Jake's was a nice setup, good music, and it was big enough to maneuver. You know what I'm saying? If you had a lot of different things going on at once, unlike the that, 
Abe and Jake's. <laughs> so it yeah, was, it was a spot for that. All right, so B turn. You got much else, or you got anything else? No, I guess um, kind of talk about what like your future plans are. I know you're trying to get into coaching, right? Yeah, I would say, you know, I thought about it for years, you know, because, I mean, I just kind of watch what everybody else what everybody else does. And, you know, a lot of guys are getting into training kids. And I think, you know, being in Europe and job security is like a big thing. So, you know, a lot of guys are working out with kids because every year is going to be a new third grade class. Or, you, you know, working with sixth grade is going to be a new sixth grade class every year. So, and you get, you get to get in young and, you know, develop at the start of their development but I kind of like from my personal experience I like to I like to deal with people that's serious about basketball I don't really like to joke so I kind of want to get in when you know this is what you want to do and I think at that point you know the best the best starting point for that is college you know you know and I think at that age 18 and 22 that's the age where you developing who you are as a man and those what you learn those years I feel like those are going to carry you way you know whether you play basketball or not those are kind of really good in the developmental years so if I could be a part of that part of somebody's life I think that I think that's really important to me and then I know you're serious about being a professional whether it's basketball or not and uh if you want to pursue it at the college level so I like I want to say I want to be a college coach I'm still not into no X's and O's yet you know I'm not there yet but I could just think like Danny Manny like my freshman year he was you know, he was on the sideline giving jokes and stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, he wasn't, you know, trying to, you know, talk about no X's and O's. And then senior year, guess what? He's doing a scout against Memphis, you know. So, and then boom, we'll be fast forwarded to now. He's the head coach at, you know, Wake. Yeah. You know, went to go see him um, in January. And he, uh, you know, he beat Duke in overtime. So, like, I'm not in, I'm not in X's and O's yet, but I do, I do feel like I got something to offer. You know, young kids at that age, and definitely would like to be a part of that that process for them. So yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you've done good at every level. I think I know you won before high school, won a title at KU, and then you've played in about every country in the world. So, got a pretty good resume. Put together. Yeah, I mean, so, so winning was my thing before I came to Kansas. So that was kind of what my claim to fame was. Like I was a winner. I won all the Nike tournaments. I you know I did that, and then obviously. Just the winning culture at Kansas. You know, we got one national championship, but we got all the Big 12s, all the tough games, you know. And then as a pro, I want to say, you know, I, I learned to win, and I learned to win differently between KU. I mean, between KU and high school and AAU. Is as, as a pro, I learned how to win as the underdog, you know. That's a difference. It's a whole different approach yeah. um, than playing at a KU where you got all the talent and all the players. I learned how to play with – I learned how to win with no talent. I learned how to win with, you know, being an underdog and those kind of things. And I think that kind of added to my whole mentality. And then it's the, – the pedigree is like I got a dog out of Weimaraner, and he's a champion breed. You know, I paid a little extra for him, but his mom and his dad is champions. And his pedigree, I ain't teach him nothing. He came out like eight weeks already knowing – how to fetch, you know, he know how to do everything already, you know, and his cousin's in his DNA, you know, so I got the winning pedigree, and uh, I'm going to have definitely have something to offer a team if, you know, whenever I get that opportunity. That's uh, yeah. I'm all for Russell Robinson joining the staff of Kansas. I will lead that uh, 
uh, campaign on Twitter if I have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously Kansas is where you want to be. Um, I mean, that's, that's, you don't get no better than that. But, you know, I'm at this point, I'm not, you know, I know having gone to Europe, like, you know, I, I just obviously just getting about getting to the best place I can, and whether that's um, anywhere else, starting from the bottom, working my way up. Like, you know, the, the, I think the goal is, regardless that Kansas or another university, is to, to get the longevity, you know, and be able to do it for a long time and uh, help as many people as I can along the way. And uh, for me, I got to, I got to, I, I got to see Coach Dooley coach against Coach Jankovic. Oh yeah, but they was both coaches my freshman year, freshman sophomore year. And to see them doing it, that kind of was like, whoa! I remember both of them out of my freshman year. I remember Coach Self was out of town, and Coach Jank took over practice. And I remember like, yo, we didn't really respond to him the same way we responded to Coach Self. And I remember him getting upset with it, you know. But I was just like, wow! Now he's he's commanding the whole team, and they plan to get each other. And I could tell you could tell a well coached team versus you know the one that's not. And one of the parents, they looked the exact same they did you know 15 years ago. Yeah. And they you know they both had their you know, their programs and stuff, and they they're doing it at a high level, and they they got they they developing the kids so. Just to see their development, I feel like that that's too motivational. I could be that for somebody one day. Um, I think that would be good. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, we uh we really appreciate you coming on. I know the KU fans love to hear guys like you that, you know, I don't know, I guess you're since you're not like I feel you're on Twitter, but not everyone knows what you're up to these days. So. Yeah, I'm I I kinda be low. Um kinda yeah. kinda go off the grid a little bit, just uh, you know. Try not to get to social media because it's kind of hard not to get caught up in what everybody else is doing. And, you know, I kind of want to focus on what I really want. You know, that's kind of – in this world, it's kind of hard because they got it to where now they're telling you what you want. Like, no, I don't want that. You know, so, so I got to kind of go off the grid a little bit, dig deep into myself to see, hey, what, what do I really want? And uh, that's why I was able to come up with coaching and the college level is kind of where I want to go and stuff like that. So – I'll be back on the grid now. Um, I'll be tweeting and retweeting and talking and getting well, back to that stuff for sure. Well, if uh, yeah. basketball season happens, we'd love we'd love to have you on sometime. Talk about current Jayhawks or something like that. So uh, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, shout out to all the current Jayhawks. You know, do they do they thing and uh, just let just letting them know that they got a different version of Coach Up than I had. You know, he's a lot nicer. Um, I just been. I just even go back to Frank Mason and, you know, Devontae Graham. I just remember, like, them coming down shooting threes in transition. And I'm thinking in my head, like, yo, <laughs> Mario had that, me and Mario did not have that freedom. Like, I'm telling you, like, even though we both could, like, we didn't have that kind of freedom to do that and to see Coach Self evolve with, the, you know, the way the game is. And, you know, shout out to them and all that stuff. So, just for the record, you know, I just had to say that. <laughs> yeah, well, I we obviously really, really appreciate you coming on. And like we said, you're one of the most underappreciated Jayhawks, one of the best defenders in KU history. And we obviously wish you luck in the future. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say underappreciated because while I was there, I mean, I felt like the fans and everybody did um, show me the amount of love that I kind of deserved. It probably even surpassed it. I just, I probably don't, you know, rank up there in the memories, like, you know, probably like I want to and stuff like that. But everybody that was a part of the program, you know, when I'm into it. So 
at the end of the day, that's, I mean, that's all that matters and really one. So you can't take that away. But yeah, thanks. Thank you guys for what y'all doing. If you ever need me, you know, got my numbers and stuff now. So just hit me up. All right. Sounds oh, yeah. Thanks, Ross. All right, man. Peace.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.